I'm going to read the first four verses. First John chapter 5. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So tonight I want to preach a message about faith, topical message about faith. So let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity we have to be assembled together. Thank you for the the privilege we have to open your precious word. Thank you for the privilege we have to, to have it available to us in our own language and be able to hide it in our hearts so we might not sin against thee. So, Lord, just speak to our hearts, encourage us, strengthen us, and uh, help us to be uh, people of faith that will glorify and honor you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is a victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. So title this, Even Our Faith. You know, of course, the Bible says four times, Habakkuk 2.4, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, and Hebrews 10.38, that the just shall live by faith. You know, many people talk about faith. You know, sometimes you hear people, why well, just have faith? Okay, faith in what? Uh, I remember one time I was went to see a guy in Maine <clears throat> who had who had run over his son with his pickup truck. He didn't kill him, but he was in the hospital. And I went to see him. He was the boss of one of the men in the church. And he said, well, it just increases our faith. Okay, faith in what? You know, people talk about having faith, but they don't know what to have their faith in. That's not what the Bible's talking about. You know, faith has to be in something. Uh, you know, the disciples asked the Lord to increase our faith. Jesus said in Luke 18, 8, When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? And, of course, we know that Romans ten seventeen says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So if we want our faith increased... It's really pretty simple. Well, I want to notice seven things tonight about faith. First of all, from this passage here, we would say that faith receives the Son. Notice what it says in verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begot loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, and we love God and keep his commandments. Whosoever believeth, of course the word believeth is, is kind of synonymous with the word faith, believeth that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah of God, is born of God. Um, so faith receives the Son. And of course we are made children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. You know, Galatians 3.26 says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Uh, and And... and you know, so some people might say, well, prove Jesus. How do you prove him? Well, you know, the Bible says that he was seen of 500 brethren at one time after the resurrection. 
mean, there's, a, there's much evidence to prove that there is that Jesus is a real person, that he did what he, did, what he said he did. Of course, the resurrection itself proves that. There is much evidence to that. Creation even speaks of him. Think of this. If, if God didn't create the world, then we could deny, if, if you can deny creations, then you can deny Jesus. Because after all, the Bible says he created it. So if you believe in a divine creator, and after all, the creation itself declares that there is a God, there is a design to creation, which means it has to have a designer. And the logical conclusion was, is that, of course, God says he created the world in six days. And the Bible also tells us that he is the creator of the world. You see, faith receives the Son. It takes him by faith. It is a matter of faith. Secondly, faith trusts God in uncertain circumstances. It trusts God in uncertain circumstances. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. Now you talk about uncertain circumstances. The Lord told Abraham to leave Ur of the Chaldees and and he didn't really tell him where he was going to end up. You know, I believe this is a, a literal of a, example of how God desires for us just to trust him day by day. You know, Jesus said in Matthew, take no thought what shall be in the morrow. Now, I'm not saying... You know, we shouldn't have plans. But James tells us very clearly that we should say, if the Lord, what, wills, we will do this and that. So, so the life of faith is we need to take it one step, at a, one day at a time. God gave Abraham direction one day at a time. He gave the children of Israel in the, in the wilderness directions one day at a time. When the cloud moved, they moved. When the cloud stood still, they stood still. And they didn't know the next day whether the cloud was going to move or not. They were just prepared to go when it did. And you know, we need to be prepared to obey the Lord if he says move. If he says to make a change. If he says that we ought to do something different. If he speaks to our heart about something in our life that we ought to change, we ought to be prepared to move. To change. That's what faith does. It trusts God in uncertain circumstances. You know, we, 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 we might be worried about what the future holds. God says, just trust me today. I'll take care of your future. I'll take care of your future. We see another example of this. Go to 1 Kings chapter 17. You know, there are many examples of this in the Bible. In 1 Kings chapter 17, a familiar story. Uh, in the life of Elijah, 1 Kings chapter 17, <clears throat> and verse 8, you know, Elijah has just announced the three years drought, 
In verse 8 it says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Think of it, of all people that would sustain him and take care of him, be a widow woman. You know, widow women were the poorest of, of society. They often were left without much, you know, with little. And so as a widow woman. So he rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow woman, the widow, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Now, this, is, this is a drought. And she, as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring I, me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Uh, you know, if, 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 if the man of God walked in your house today, ladies, and asked for that, you'd say he's a little forward. <laughs> but he, that's what he asked for. And, then it, and she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little cruise in, oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and for my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said. But make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. And so again, we see here that, you know, each day she emptied the barrel. And each day she went back, there was more in the barrel. God didn't fill it. There was just enough for each day. Just enough for each day. I've heard of people say, I can't afford to tithe. I'm in financial trouble. I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to. See, tithing, tithing is just giving what's got what is God's, and and then your faith promise is actually an offering to God. Of course, Haggai tells us that. You know, the children of Israel, they didn't bring the offerings in the storehouse, and God said, I made holes in your pockets. And it just went through. You know, Byler's interpretation there, but that's, you know, that's what was happening. He said, I, I've made holes in your pockets. You know, the reason people don't give is not because they can't afford to, it's because they don't trust God. So when, you know, faith, Trust God in uncertain circumstances. Thirdly, faith conquers the world. Faith conquers the world. Notice again in our text, 1 John chapter 5 and verse uh, 3 or verse 4. What's is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Your know, faith conquers or overcomes the world. You know, David. David conquered Goliath. Goliath represents the world. He appeared, he's of course larger than David was, but David was able to conquer uh, 
Goliath. And, you know, every trial or every impossible situation uh, that we may face in life has a Bible alternative. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Or a Bible solution. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but just as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Now, so think about this. You know, faith in God can give us victory over the trials and temptations of the world. Look at the three Hebrew children facing the fiery furnace. The alternative was not very good. At least it appeared that way. But, but it wasn't, again, it wasn't necessary that they live. It was necessary they, they obey God. And because they obeyed God, God provided a way. Daniel, facing the, the, the king's meat and the wine which he drank, you know, he was in a difficult situation. The world was pushing him, and they were trying to retain, retrain. That's what the world tries to do. They try to retrain us or mold our thinking to fit their way, and so they pressure you to submit to their way and their will. But don't give in. Faith says, I'm going to obey God. See, the world may say, well, if you don't, I'll... This and this and this is going to happen to you. I've heard it said, if you treat, if you train your kids that way, you're going to lose them. If you train your kids that way, you're going to lose them. See, they're trying to pressure you to fit to their mold. Just like Daniel was being pressured to submit to the to the, to the, the 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 meat and the wine that was served in Babylon that had been offered to idols and, but God again through the wisdom of Daniel Daniel simply asked for an alternative and isn't it amazing God brought him into favor with the man in charge See, there's an alternative. Faith conquers the world. There's always a way. To overcome the obstacles that the world throws in our face. Fourthly, faith sustains us in tribulation. Go to Job. Job. Of course, this is... Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1 and verse 1, verse 21. Of course, we know that Job lost all these things and he was considered an upright man. Verse 21, he says, And naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return hither. 
The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Again in chapter 2 verses 9 and 10. You know, after he loses his health. Uh, then his wife said unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity, curse God, and die? But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. Now go to chapter 13. Chapter 13. Of course, Job's in the middle of this discourse with his so-called three friends who keep telling Job that the reason for his suffering is that he is, a, he is a hypocrite. That there's sin in his life. That he just isn't revealing. That he's a hypocrite. And Job retains his integrity to say it's not. But God doesn't answer him. And in chapter 13, verse 15, he says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. In other words, I'm going to maintain that I am not Guilty of being a hypocrite. That's what he's saying here. Uh, he also shall be my salvation, for an hypocrite shall not come before him. So that's what he's saying. I'm, I'm, I'm going to maintain my, my integrity before him. And then chapter 23. Chapter 23. And verse 8. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Uh, So again, Job says, you know, though I can't get a... Though I can't seem to get a hold of God or reach Him or have a conversation with Him or that He does not answer me, yet I know He knows my situation. And I'm not going to turn back from obeying Him. No matter how hard or how difficult the trials may seem. Sometimes it may seem that God's not there. Where are you, Lord? You ever ask that? It may seem that he's not there, but he is. He gave the children of Israel some precious promises in Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Isaiah 41.10. He says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. You know, don't be confused or dismayed. For I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Chapter 43, verses 2 and 3 says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire... Thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. We can think about the three Hebrew children there. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. So I will not leave thee. Of course, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says that we need to be content with such things as we have. For he has said, 
I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So it may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You see, faith sustains us in times of tribulation. In trying circumstances. Faith sustains us. Fifthly, faith prevails in prayer. Faith prevails in prayer. Go to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. <clears throat> he spake a parable unto, this, unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man, there was a widow in that city. She came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But after he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear along with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. And again, think about, you know, put Job in this situation. You know, Job's seeking God. He's seeking an answer from God. And one doesn't come for a while. We don't know how long. And like this widow, he did not give up. He continues to seeking after God. And the point of this parable is that if an unjust judge will undertake for a widow, how much more will our God undertake for us when we cry day and night unto Him? See, faith doesn't give up. It trusts in God who will answer our prayers in His time. Look at, look at also at Mark. Chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. And verses 22. Mark 11, 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, And shall not doubt in his heart, But shall believe those things which he saith, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Uh, you know, th- this is not saying we can go out here and, we, and if we really have faith, you know, we can, we can pray and, and, and move all the water right out of the basement, out of the door. You know, prayer, of course, has to be prayed according to the will of God. A prayer has to be according to the will of God. If there's sin in our life, of course, the, the, if you read the rest of the context, it's talking about, you know, if you're not forgiving others, don't expect God to forgive you. Uh, so the, there's those, those factors involved. But what he is, is saying is that we need to pray in faith. When it's according to the will of God, we can pray in faith, believing that he will answer. He will answer. 
James chapter 5, 14 through 18, talks about this, James 5, 14 through 18, where it says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not in the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the earth, heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. You know, we need to be prevailing in prayer. Elijah, again, was fervent in his prayer, but he prayed for God's will. He prayed for it there to be a drought. That was God's judgment on a nation that was in an idolatry against the Lord. We see examples in the Bible of prevailing prayer. In Acts chapter 12, of course, Peter's arrested, put in prison, and Herod intending to bring him out before Easter, but prayer was made unto God without ceasing of the church for Peter. Without ceasing. Hannah, 1 Samuel chapter 1, prevailed in prayer until she felt sure, she was sure that God had heard her and she was no more sad. Hezekiah prevailed in prayer. He took his letter from, 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 uh, from uh, uh, Rabshakeh and he took it up and spread it out before the Lord. And that night the Lord sent, the angel of the Lord came and slew 185,000 Assyrians in one night. See, faith prevails in prayer. You know, we live in a prayerless age. We're too busy. We have too many distractions. The Bible still says that we're to pray without ceasing. I know we can pray, you can pray in your car and you can, you can pray uh, you know when you're um, maybe doing things around the house but there's nothing like time quiet getting down on your hands and knees and beseeching the throne of God. By the way that's what Elijah did when he prayed for rain. See, faith prevails in prayer. Number six, faith reveals the invisible. Faith reveals the invisible. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 says in verse 27, speaking of Moses, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, Moses here forsook Egypt not being fearful of the mightiest monarch on the earth at the time. 
Now just think about that for a minute. Not being afraid of the mightiest monarch on the earth at the time. Why wasn't he afraid? He saw God. He believed what God said he would do. And because he believed, he saw it come to pass. See, faith reveals to us in this life and the life to come to yet will reveal to us the invisible. Let me give you another example. Caleb, holy father, the Lord is God. He said, if God be with us, he'll give us the land. He believed God. But his co-workers, of course, outnumbered him and Joshua. And they turned the people against him. And the multitude refused to believe God. And so they turned back. Those that turned back never saw what Caleb saw. See, Caleb then got to see what was at the time he said, I believe God, was invisible. He later got to see it. He got to see Jericho's walls come down. He got to see the Jordan River divide. He got to see the defeat of the Anakins, the giants, of whom they said, we're like grasshoppers. He got to see all that. But when he said, if God is with us, it was still invisible. He saw it by faith. See, faith reveals to us, and again, faith reveals to us the workings of the Spirit, that we are in a spiritual warfare. Uh, look, look, look also at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringeth into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, notice that our, our weapons, it says, can cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Uh, you know, Brother Hoyle brought out this morning in Sunday school class how that the, the, the Jews in the synagogue at Corinth opposed themselves and Paul. And, and really what that is is they're, 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 they're exalting themselves against the knowledge of God. When somebody, when somebody exalts themselves against your witness... You know what you're seeing? You're not seeing an attack on you. You're seeing an example of spiritual warfare. See, Paul understood 
that every place he went, there was a riot. He didn't see it just as a bunch of rabble-risers. He understood it as spiritual warfare. He was in a war. You know, sometimes we, get, we can get distraught or upset when people react to our witness. It's going to happen. It happens often. What you're seeing is warfare, spiritual warfare. See, faith reveals that to us. That we're in a war. We're in a war. You know, it's, it reveals to us the invisible things that people normally don't see. Well, it's just a different belief. No, it's a, we're in a war. A spiritual war. And so, faith reveals to us the invisible. The invisible. Then I want you to notice a seventh thing. Faith proves God faithful. Faith proves God faithful. I'm going to look at two verses of Scripture here. Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. Our faith in God proves God faithful. Hebrews 11 verse 7 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, notice, proved me and saw my works for years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation said, They always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. So he said, of course, in this case, it's their lack of faith proved God faithful. They proved me that I would keep my word. But the flip side of that is also true. Look at, Mal again, Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8. Malachi 3 8 says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And notice, And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your wine cast forth, or uh, vine, I'm sorry, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. He says, you know, obey me, trust me, and, I, and, and you will prove me faithful. You know, the widow at Zarephath proved that God was faithful. He could be depended upon. You know, really what we're, what, what we, when we, when we take God at His word, we are proving Him that He is, like He said, immutable. He does not change. He will keep His word. He is faithful. And when we fail to trust God, 
We can make him look unfaithful. Remember what the children of Israel said in the wilderness? As for this man, Moses, we don't know what's become of him. Who was that man, Moses? He was the man that God appointed to lead them from Egypt to the land of Canaan. So really what they were saying is, we can't trust the guy God appointed. Remember Israel said to Samuel, we want a king. And the Lord told Samuel, it's not you that you've rejected. It's me. It's me. You know, even Moses, remember when Moses struck the rock twice instead of speaking to it? And the Lord spake unto Moses and said, Because you believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation to the land which I have given them. They didn't. By Moses striking the rock instead of speaking to it, He did not prove God. He got sanctify him before in the eyes of the people. So faith proves God. You know, faith, somebody said this, quote, faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe, unquote. Your know, faith does not say, is it sensible, but is it scriptural? Faith doesn't ask, what if, but what is written? Faith doesn't ask, is it reasonable, but is it according to divine revelation? And faith doesn't ask, what do people think, but what saith the Lord? See, God expects us or desires that we walk by faith. We are to trust him. We are to, and, and of course, uh, prove him faithful. And, you know, the basis of our faith is a more sure word of prophecy. We need to be like Abraham, of whom it is said in Romans 4.21, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. If God has said it, he is going to do it. We simply need to take him at his word and trust him. You know, are we proving him faithful by our faith and our obedience to him? The Bible still says, even in these 2000s, this modern age, the just shall live by their faith. Might God help us be people of great faith. Let's pray.